The Serenity Sisters show is about navigating our modern life, culture and society. A holistic approach to unravelling the layers which contribute to our health and well-being. Raising awareness to stimulate positive change and peaceful acceptance. Looking within and finding your inner peace. On Sunny G 103.5 FM on the last Saturday of each month at 1pm. Visit serenitysister.co.uk for podcasts and other info. Welcome to the Serenity Sister Show here at Sunny Govan Community Radio in the beautiful area of Glasgow in Scotland. Whoever you are, welcome because today I feel that most of us need to hear about how to prepare for the changing season and welcoming winter, which today's show is going to be all about. This show is in collaboration with Ouija Wellbeing, my teeny tiny social enterprise providing lifestyle and wellbeing workshops to youth and community groups within the Glasgow and Greater Clyde area. You can also take a look at the wellbeing gift boxes which incorporate products from small Glaswegian based businesses. That's right, we're going to be supporting small and local, very much looking at good ethics and better ways when it comes to packaging and being more eco-conscious. So all of these businesses incorporate the same kind of values and ethics which we try and promote. They're packaged and branded with a wee bit of cheek. (laughs) Some of the products are herbal teas to uplift our calm, essential oil candles, aromatherapy roller balls, soaps, Epsom salts, skin balm and mugs, affirmations, and that's just to name a few. So get a wee gander at ouijawellbeing.co.uk and maybe hit us up with a little purchase. Anything helps and goes towards the cost of running workshops free for youth and community groups and support groups within the area. So as we've had the Harvest Moon love us and leave us recently, I thought it would be a perfect shout to incorporate a lot of ideas and suggestions for the turning of the seasons. How to look the winter right in the eyeballs and say, come here you, I'm ready for you. Because most of us, we actually are really loathing, dreading the fact that it's creeping upon us. So it's really to change our perspectives and to give you a bit of inspiration. Some of the topics we're going to cover will be attuning ourselves with nature cycles, what was originally intended for us and how our modern life and a constant connection, buzz and a fast pace has had us disconnect from these values and natural phases. We're going to look at how to hibernate with inner contentment, our food choices, working on ourselves during the winter, releasing and resetting, ideas for activities and hobbies that can help you through the season of shedding, and nature's repairing process and how we are affecting it and how we can encourage it both in ourselves and in the way we treat our planet and our communities. So we'll be back to chat all about this after this first song by Crowded House that brings back some 90s winter memories for me actually. This is Four Seasons in One Day. So we can all relate to that, especially here in Scotland. It really is interchangeable, the weather, and we've had to adjust to the fact that layers are the best way to dress, or at least having backup plans. And it's a good way to start the show because it does reflect on the many moods which we've gone through collectively and individually over the past year. Since last winter and the evolving story of a pandemic, choices, opinions, dealing with the ugly sides of ourselves that have risen to the surface, 
or the sides which we didn't really realise need some attention and could use a spring clean. So here we are, winter upon us. Some of us are resisting this and already our perspective is starting off with an unhelpful attitude. And you're kind of doomed to failure or happiness in this mode. Resistance is something which we've found interesting lately and can often be related to many subjects. Teal Swan mentions this in her YouTube videos and I think we can apply it to something as pointless as fighting the changing of a season. Maybe it's time to look at where this mindset came from. Getting into the state of acceptance means that you're no longer up against yourself and your limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs because this tone makes us feel that we are limited to happiness, bonding time with others, productivity, and it can simply be a case of raising your awareness of your limiting thoughts and correcting them. Realising they are perhaps picked up from witnessing others in childhood and their reaction to winter or summer. The language and general opinions that are brought across by the media and things that we hear to create a power of suggestion that winter's bleak and depressing. Help yourself to get out of your own way and create a map and a nurturing plan to action for yourself this winter. Starting with resetting your mind on things. Ask yourself, what are you making this mean? Whenever you encounter something that triggers a certain emotion or a feeling of pain or a feeling of gloom, or a feeling of hopelessness. You might find that you are only assigning a particular meaning to an experience or suggestion. Raising this gives us the opportunity to set the record straight. So let the winter bring a nurturing journey to you. I said create a nurturing kind of plan because that adjective is actually quite important. Many of us are already so attached to our conditioning from the 80s, 90s or noughties childhoods that we haven't had the chance to tell ourselves or discipline ourselves into not jumping on that bandwagon of constant productivity, fast-paced, multitasking, mentally draining and limit-pushing lifestyle. Let's face it, it's been glorified and still stands to be corrected. So nurturing means reflection, shedding and creating the environments mindset and actions that nourish our souls rather than our egos or insecurities. Balancing things and I'm going to take this approach to balance in life because it's really so interesting when you start to delve into things like Chinese theory, ancient theory, um, you know shamanic practice and nature in general. Everything is so divinely balanced that if we were to follow this mode and this theory and this formulation, I guess, we might just find the perfect way to enrich our lives. So with winter being obviously a darker time of year, you're looking at bringing light into your life and your home. So looking at aspects such as fire, fire and sunlight, whatever we can get of it, um, vitamin D that obviously comes from sunlight and some of the most absorbable versions of vitamin D, which would be um, D3, naming one of them. Bringing light into your life and home can also mean more embracing of fire aspects. So lighting more candles and obviously lighting up your home more. We can also think about ways of bringing colour into our life. 
that uplifts us when we come into our home. But generally, winter is a time where we're supposed to embrace that feeling of getting more cosy and embracing the darkness in a way. So we should really, instead of trying to fight the darkness, be at one with it and make that time to cosy up, um, get your home comforts and bonding time in ways of spending more time with each other, reflecting, telling stories, playing games and reading just to refresh yourself for starting really a new cycle when it comes back round to spring because it really is about the dying off of the old things that no longer serve your purpose and in time for you to really build up knowledge and refresh yourself in time for a rebirth around the spring. You could perhaps think about investing in a face lamp and subjecting yourself to that for up to 20 minutes daily if you feel that you perhaps have a bit of a deficiency when it comes to, you know, lack of sun sunlight at this time of year. You could also think about introducing more walks into your life. So I'm going to read out just a little bit of advice from a book that I have, which is the Doctor's Book of Home Remedies for Women. And it's really about doctors revealing over 2,000 self-help tips on some of the problems that can concern women. But obviously, when I had a delve in, I realised we could apply this to any gender. There's a paragraph here about seeing light. And it says, if your afternoon fatigue is worse than winter, and especially if it seems to be part of a general pattern of winter weariness, you might be troubled by seasonal affective disorder, SAD syndrome. SAD is a mood disorder triggered by the reduced daylight and winter and it's responsive to treatment with light. So for your afternoon slump, try natural light treatment by bundling up and taking a brisk midday walk. And especially if you do this regularly, this combination of light and exercise is likely to boost your energy and alertness. Obviously, you're looking at the fact that some of the feel-good hormones are also released when you're exercising and you're really looking at boosting your serotonin levels in winter. So combining the exercise with some sunlight, and I've got to say, bringing oxygen into your life and home is also something that can really help you beat that kind of slump and that fatigue kind of feeling that we get hit with. Bringing oxygen into your life by making sure that you do schedule time for walks. Um, this could activate your metabolism as well, which we're going to get onto a bit later on when we're going to look at ways in which we can manage our weight and our metabolism and ensure that we're getting foods that work in harmony with our bodies at this time of year. But bringing oxygen into your life and home, as well as obviously having those walks and being around more greenery, trees and areas where there's a higher level of oxygen being emitted. You can also bring this into your home life by adding more plants. <laughs> and also I love to get up in the morning and open up the windows, just let the air recycle as we do in our cars. You know, we hit that button when we want some air to come in from the outside. It's exactly the same for your home. Just think of all of the different stale kind of energies our exhalation and bacteria that's been building up throughout the day that will refresh your home. 
You can burn some incense, you can burn some sage if you feel that you want to refresh the home as well with an uplifting scent. I love to burn things like Nag Champa and Jasmine and um, Basil is also a great one to put in in an aromatherapy diffuser if you want to really help your brain to come alive, if you've got some concentration work to do, if you're working from home. And you might want to look more deeply into the benefits of essential oils, not just the scent itself and how it enhances your mood, but also the really beneficial properties, the medicinal properties found within essential oils and how you can use them during the winter months for some of the mental fatigue, some of the lower moods, the tiredness or even just uh, some of the ailments that seem to float around at this time of year, some of the respiratory symptoms. All those sort of Christmassy festive scents I feel are just so warm and inviting as well but it's not just the fact that you're inhaling and having a a mood shift through smelling these oils there's also the properties that can be found the medicinal properties within these essential oils I think a lot of people really underestimate the power of these oils looking at things like rose absolute oil it takes around 20 to 50 roses alone just to create one drop And the same goes for jasmine absolute. These petals have to be picked at night for the special stage in which they're at and the scent that gets emitted at night. I'm sure you probably have experienced the beautiful smell of jasmine in the evening when you've been abroad. And yeah, if you were to look up how many thousands of petals it takes just to produce one drop of jasmine, it might give you a bit of an insight into just how concentrated these oils actually are. And you have to be cautious with this, especially when you are going to be using it in pregnancy or with any conditions such as heart conditions, um, epilepsy for example. So some of these can be contraindicated and some of them make you quite photosensitive. So if you were to be hammering bergamot, for example, um, over a few days in the build up to a sun holiday, you might find that if you don't really protect yourself with sunblock, then you could easily get burned, for instance. So like most things in life and in nature, you have to find the therapeutic value and you have to have the balance as well. So if you are able to just keep this in mind, it means that you can use these safely. And I've got to say, there's magic in them. It can help with things like insomnia. It can help with stress relief. It can help with cravings. I know that clary sage, for example, in some of the trials that I've done on my case studies helped those who were trying to wean themselves off nicotine, for example. And yeah, Any time that you need some comfort, a bit of marjoram's always been great, goes down well on a bit of tissue. I've taken it to funerals, I've taken it to weddings, calming the nerves. The anti-inflammatory effects of these oils are amazing as well and I often use that in a massage blend to reduce the inflammation within maybe chronic conditions within the muscles or the lymphatic system. And also some of these can be analgesic, pain relief, aspects as well in some of these oils. So if you are ready 
to do a little bit of research, make sure it's safe for yourself. You can introduce that by way of inhalation. So using an aromatherapy diffuser, it's just really making a vapour and pumping it out into the, the air in your room. And you can use them in baths. If you're going to use them in baths, obviously finding out how many drops to use. And if you wanted to pop in a little bit of milk on a teaspoon, with your oils beforehand, this just makes sure that because they're fat soluble, they can bond with the fats. You'll be able to find the ones that you bond with most in this time of year really could be a brilliant thing, a brilliant way to bring these additions into your everyday life, your home care, your self-care. And um, it could be exactly what you need just to enhance that nourishing, that nurturing part of your winter care plan. So hang around after this next song just to get a bit of an insight into what essential oils can do for you, some of the beneficial properties that you can use to your own advantage from home and bring into your family life. So stay with me after this next song by Steve Reynolds. This is Winter Stores. Welcome back. That was by Steve Reynolds, Winter Stores. Steve's actually got a new album out after almost a decade out of the music industry. He's gone back into the studio with a new kind of sound, but obviously still very much weighing in on the lyrics and his talent with singer-songwriting. So you can check that out on Spotify. And we're going to delve in a little bit more now about essential oils and which ones you could find benefit from during the winter. And this is really just all about embracing the winter and finding time to set your action plan, nurturing yourself, shedding some of the old ways and really finding a way forward to relieve any of your emotional trauma, any of your ailments, really embracing that slower pace and finding ways to get ready for a rebirth come the spring. So on to some of the essential oils which I feel could be beneficial for the winter season. One of my favourite go-to oils when I have problems sleeping or certainly when I had a lot more insomnia in my past when I was in adrenal mode, I used to reach for vetiver, vetivert, if you were to pronounce it the way it's written. Um, yeah, it's known as the oil of tranquility and although I've got to say when you inhale it from the bottle, it is pretty brutal on the nostrils. It's one of those things that blended with other oils or using it diluted within a bath, for instance, just a couple of drops is enough to really bring on a sedative effect and just bring the nerves into a grounding and a calming and soothing sort of state. And it's perfect if you combine it as well with a sleep tea so that you've got the benefits of ingesting some benefits of plants um, and combining it with absorbing it through the skin in the bath and inhaling it from the water at the same time as the steam is rising. Another way of obtaining the properties from essential oils when you've blended them, obviously you're blending them with a carrier oil if you're going to be putting them on your skin. So a carrier oil easily can be found in your kitchen cupboard, something like olive oil, sunflower oil, rapeseed oil. If you're hoping for a quick absorption, then you'll know the ways in which Vicks is applied and people swear by using Vicks Vaporub on their feet, especially when they've got a cough. It's because some essential oils are actually used in Vicks Vaporub and the essential oils that are used 
are actually anti-tusive, which is meaning that they have an anti-cough effect and an anti-spasmodic effect on the respiratory system. And there's some oils that would have the opposite and bring on a cough. So um, they would be classed as an expectorant oil, which means it's, it's bringing mucus to the surface. It's helping you expel any toxins microorganisms um, and bacteria from the body. So making sure that you're going for an oil which suits your needs is also quite a good way to go. But rubbing these onto the soles of your feet are a great way, much as you do with Fix Rub, <laughs> you are able to absorb that pretty quickly. And some people have suggested that the the rate of absorption through the feet is so quick that if you were to rub garlic oil onto the feet, it would take an average of around six minutes before the smell is detected on your breath. So it's definitely a way to go if you're wanting these properties to end up in some of the bodily systems, um, doing some good for various organs and tissues and helping the lymphatic system, helping the nervous system. And obviously with the ailments that you find tend to linger around winter. Some of the main ones you might want to look at for your winter ailments are things like eucalyptus oil, eucalyptus, tea tree. Um, They're quite well known for having a good antibacterial, antimicrobial effect. So things like colds and bugs that go around, they are pretty good for helping your body to fight off any threats and get over these bugs quicker. And you might want to look at things like benzoin, which is quite a a calming effect. Um, It's good for chesty coughs, and it's also got quite a sweet and warm, soothing fragrance, so it helps to calm and help stress relief as well, and it's quite good in times of anger. Frankincense is also a good one for helping you to breathe better, much more deeply. It's really good for catarrh and coughs and it's also a decongestion and an immune system booster. You've got various oils that are good for the immune system and boosting and things like lavender is good for the respiratory system. It's beneficial for bronchitis and for aches and pains. Most people go to lavender when they feel that they need help to sleep but lavender is actually a middle to top note which means that when you've got the categories of oils, the top notes and the middle notes. Top notes are those that are more citrusy or more stimulating, um, energising. Middle notes are also are all obviously a bit more in between. And then you've got your base notes, which are good for creating a more grounded, sedative, relaxing, um, sleep-inducing effect. So lavender actually sits in the middle to top notes. So it's quite surprising that people would lean in for that when they want to sleep. It's very good for easing tension and um, helping to calm anxiety. So if your sleep deprivation is maybe tied up with those kind of um, symptoms, then it may help by treating the root cause. But if you're looking for something that is going to bring you down, be more of a sedative effect, if you've been running on adrenaline, for instance, and you just really need to bring yourself down from scraping the ceiling, then I would go for those that are base notes, things like frankincense, rose, jasmine, ylang-ylang, and chamomile, sandalwood. 
So I hope that's given you some ideas just to have a bit of an explore and you never know the things that these oils can do, even if it just eases something. Of course, I'm not trying to advocate that they will cure anything, but if it helps you to maintain your health or recover quicker or just be really good for self-care, then there can be no harm in exploring this route. And I would say that the ripple effect this can cause if some of these ailments or some of these moods and fatigues and um, symptoms are less in your life, you find that that causes a really positive effect on other areas of your life. And winter allows us that time and that space to breathe. And it's interesting because part of the winter meaning to some of our ancestors in older times was all about coming together and sharing stories, sharing wisdom, wisdom being passed down from the elders or from generations ago, stories that have been floating around in our family and perhaps you're the only one that's left that knows of these myths, these legends or these stories about your great grandparents and it's your chance to come together with your children or the community and pass on these words of wisdom, of lessons. Um, so all is not lost in the experience. Coming together as well in groups, you might find that there's creative writing groups in your community. That bonding experience that our ancestors went through, we can still do that. Even in our modern buildings, we can come together. So you can look that up and you'll find that there's probably a few things that you can do in terms of creative projects, crafts, coming together, sharing stories, music nights, um, you know, open mics. And that is really what winter is all about. And it's a great time for you to ask your elders or your parents, your relatives, your siblings, your friends, a little bit more about their lives and some of the things that perhaps you've never asked them before and it gives you inspiration as well to write, picking up your own pen and paper, getting your own story down so if it's something you've been thinking about for quite a while whether it be writing short stories, writing your book, writing your biography, even writing some articles, things that could perhaps be published or just be part of your own collection, your blog space. It's whatever helps you to reflect, but putting it down on paper brings a whole new meaning to it. It's very much combined with a physical action, which helps your brain to let go of some old habitual patterns that perhaps writing down was the missing link. And you have a lot of time to really connect that human connection, time to unplug. And I think that is what we need as a reminder, really. And Davy's song that I just played, I thought that was quite fitting. It's about that feeling that you get, you know, that dog that follows you around, how to deal with your everyday life and how to find a better way, keeping the faith that your journey is something that's actually unique and you can find positive in the negative. So thought that would be a good way to kind of introduce the whole idea of winter and how we can find coping mechanisms, how our ancestors operated around winter, what winter really meant for them, the turning of the seasons, how they prepared for it, and really how we are all connected to the cycles of nature. And even though we feel like we're in a modern world and we've lost our way, we feel 
very much not in tune with things, we're not as sensitive to things that we see or we feel, we sense. We've lost a lot of our senses actually. It's just really a bit of a reminder um, and it can be explaining of some of the ways in which we feel at this time of year and if we're not quite prepared or able to just sit with our feelings and name them and know how to action it, then we can find ourselves involved in a bit of a tornado that needn't be that way if we've got some of the tools to deal with it. And some of those tools include our food types, some of the food and drink choices that we make at this time of year and how they can affect our health, our immune system and our moods. Also our sleep patterns, how they can be affected by foods and lack of sunlight, lack of um, melatonin, oxygen. So really it's combining everything from a mind, body and soul aspect to keep you going through this winter. Really what it meant to our ancestors before moving on to more about our immune system, our food groups, our metabolism and how to keep our weight loss mission going in winter when you're up against a real urge to just binge and go through not just binges on Netflix but binges of the fridge (laughs) and a never-ending eating contest when it comes to the dark nights and boredom kicking in. So this will keep you motivated and give you some ideas. So beside the obvious things such as hunting and stocking up, drying and curing meats and storing vegetables in the colder climate and starting to preserve your food to keep you going through not just that winter but to help you and your family survive and your community survive into the following winter as well. Beyond all of that, there was a lot of time spent enjoying (laughs) the actual social aspect or the family and the hibernation aspect of winter, believe it or not. Delving into the Viking era, for example, many of them enjoyed playing board games, drinking games and other indoor games when the weather got too cold or in the evening when you didn't have much else to do but relax. And when they had free time outside and the weather wasn't too cold, they would be having fighting contests and trying to really enhance their skills um, for obvious reasons in case they had battles that might be coming up. And some of the games obviously ended up quite bloody, but that was part of the sport as well. But our northern ancestors were actually into telling stories and creating poetry during those times. So the poetry that we have these days actually stems back to ancient times. That need to bond, pass down stories, pass down memories and preserving some of the traits and honours of your family. Some of the outdoor activities that people took up as well were things like ice skating where they would strap some bones or pieces of metal to their feet and they would have contests again to see how fast people could skate over the ice or how long people could stay up. And we also had things like sledging go way back as well, snowmen going back to long, long before we ever related it to Christmas. But they also liked to involve in these rituals and activities a love for heated foods 
So anything that was obviously hot in temperature, but also hot in the sense of um, bringing more of a fire and anti-inflammatory and activating immune boosting effect to our guts and our bodies in general. And some of these could be things like warming up certain um, traditional drinks. Um, giving you one example that I still like to use today is making my own turmeric chai latte or my own um, cacao with either a bit of turmeric added or some chilli. And these go back to ancient, ancient um, rituals and ceremonies which these people really leaned on as a, a bit of a ceremonial practice but also in a way to enhance moods, free people's spirit, loosen people up, get them into more of a way of having a bit of fun I guess. Also on a spiritual level this could open people's instincts and um, in many ways the ceremonial practice of cacao would open up your intuition and your instincts and reveal your destiny because you would have more of a pull and draw towards what makes you feel that you have purpose on this planet, what your desires and real needs are underneath all the layers that can get in the way. So first up in the food categories, I want to highlight something that many are already dreading or giving power to. It's the thought of gaining some pounds or finding that you're heavily leaning on foods to make you feel comfort or stress relief, boredom relief. There's a bit of a catch-22 here for this because while some believe that in order to combat their relationship with food, they feel they need to first fix the mental aspects and the traumas that led them there. Some would also say that you need to stop combating or fighting it and welcome it and have a less guilty relationship with food. Many are aware of the power of the mind over matter aspect and they use that to counteract this and feel that if you have a good frequency, um, law of attraction methods going on, then you will naturally not put weight on. But I feel it also invalidates the power of many of the man-made ways in which we've began to live our lives and how they affect our bodily systems. And I think it's worth a mention. Um, while every single person has their own unique journey and ways of relating to recovering from it, it can be easy for us to forget that effect of a man-made world on our emotions. And what I'm meaning is not just that food can affect mood, because then you'll feel that the emotional factor is being seen as more trivial than it actually is for the person involved. It's definitely not downgrading the effect of depression or anxiety and reactions to triggers. I think it's just so easy to be disconnected from the fact that our gut is really going to play a huge part in this. No matter how good your mind may be, how much you're trying to practice and how much you're working on things through thinking your way out of it, therapy and counselling, we've created a chemical inflammatory world. And if our guts can't absorb our nutrients so well because of the amount of inflammation and damage to our intestinal tract, or our pH, our gut flora needed for digestion to be as naturally good as it should be, this means that our endocrine system can suffer. And in order for us to be able to regulate our hormones as they should be, the endocrine glands need certain nutrients to do this. It might not be the cause of your mental state, but it could be fueling the cycle. 
We don't question one bit the effects of other things through our gut and the way that they affect our brain or body. Coffee or caffeine drinks, for instance, they affect our mood, our energy and have a stimulating effect on our concentration and pace. And we kind of welcome that. But there are many ways in which subtle things that we haven't questioned are actually firing up our response, mimicking feelings of anxiety or making you feel more rushed, stressed and fast paced, which obviously gives rise to a quicker response to triggers and bypassing the ways in which we could deal with things differently. Sugar and processed meats, dairy, excess gluten, fried foods are all inflammatory foods which will build up inflammatory reactions in your gut if you don't balance it out with excess anti-inflammatory foods. And stress, antibiotics, medications can also stimulate a good gut bacteria imbalance. In some lab experiments using mice, they had groups sample cocaine for several weeks and sugar for several weeks after. Then, given the choice of both in their confined spaces, chose sugar over cocaine. This winter and post-pandemic world that we're in is going to be a time to awaken to things that don't come with a warning label. Things seen as natural, but not coming with realistic advice over how does this not just affect weight and diabetes or obesity, that it actually can encourage and form other ways in which having these things every day can cause cravings, heightened responses and an urgency or feeling of need for a dopamine kick. And it's something that might not be able to heal your traumas, but can give you a better chance of integrating this approach to food at the same time as trying to emotionally heal. And that's what a holistic approach actually means. It's treating yourself as a whole, Some root causes are interlinked and overlap. And obviously in winter, you can feel that you naturally begin to slow down and your metabolism may feel sluggish. You might be feeling more bloated or wanting to make sure that you can maintain a good metabolism throughout the season. And there's a few things that you can do to add to your day. Starting the day with a warm water mixture, warm water with lemon, plant nectar or honey. You can also add cider vinegar to this if you feel you can cope or your body type's not too acidic. This actually helps to kickstart your metabolism and the warm aspect of that is important as well. The warmth actually creates almost like a fire energy and get things going rather than cold. And the same can be said about drinks that we have along with our meals. It can be better to actually have warm drinks with our meals to ensure that our metabolism is keeping... Um, stimulation going and um, reacting and digesting as well as it should rather than cold giving almost a shock factor to our digestive system. So don't be afraid to mix things up and try new things this winter. Obviously going with the advice of the head of your healthcare which is your GP, your specialist or your consultant. Doing this in the morning can help to kickstart your metabolism. Don't be afraid if you feel more hungry. Many see that as a negative and try and draw out the day longer with not enough nutrients or calories. Eat when you need to fuel up and add in more drinks like this or ginger, lemon, peppermint teas to help digest. If you feel more hungry, it's a sure sign that your metabolism is starting to work better and your digestive system will be able to deal with that which you ingest. Empty calories are also something that come up time and time again as a culprit in food management. 
So you get hungry and you eat. You are hungry maybe an hour or two later. And if you ask yourself if if this is hunger or is this boredom, and it's definitely hunger, then here's the thing. If you eat something that even appears substantial or a big portion, your body will initially feel relieved and hunger pans will then switch off. Once it's processed and in your small intestine, it'll absorb what it can. If it finds it has got little nutrient value from that food that you've eaten, it'll signal again for you to be hungry again. And it'll keep telling you that you're hungry until it feels it's fulfilled the essential nutrients and the stuff that it needs. You call these foods empty calories because they might seem to have a lot in a calorific sense, but in essence, they've got nothing that you actually really need. And in some cases, it's like the smallest amount of nutrient with loads of fillers to bulk up, almost like cardboard. And I've seen myself in the past look at some things um, and think, well, that's not enough. That meal isn't bulky enough. That won't fill me. And these days I realise that I can get more from something as little as a chunky soup than a large dish mainly of beige foods, like Sir Billy Conley used to call them. Once you get out of that mode of thinking, you can see your foods differently. We've become a nation of eating to taste rather than eating to live and nourish. And reminders that not so long ago our relatives lived in a way where TV time or family time didn't always require munchies to get along or go along with it. That was a treat. These days it seems sold as a staple though. And food is marketed to us constantly for every kind of occasion. So you're having it for your movie nights at home, your Netflix and chill, your gatherings, your downtime, your relaxation. Hell, you might even have it in the bath. And then you go to the cinema and that goes along with the cinema experience. It goes, it goes along with socialist experience. And yeah, it can become a bit imbalanced. So it's overtaken the nourishment aspect and more of a way to gain joys, comfort or an activity. And like everything, it's going to be okay if it had balance, but it's so excessive and contradictory messages of you deserve it being thrown out. We deserve to be more in control and more aware of this, to finally take our power back and to reclaim our bodies and minds. And I have every faith that we can all do this and make better choices for our well-being. Of course, healing isn't linear and we will have stumbles. We might feel that, oh, we feel so bad about the fact that we caved and we done something that we really didn't want to. But you know what? We're here for a human experience. Don't beat ourselves up. Don't feel that we've gone back to square one. It's basically just a little stumble backwards. It's not 20 steps backwards. Remind yourself that this journey might be difficult, especially withdrawal for certain types of foods and obviously an emotional journey that you are taking as well in healing your mind and your spirit and any emotions that come along with that. We can only try our best and we can lean on each other. And I feel that it's good at this time of year to also try and activate some of our immune response by introducing foods and drinks that help to boost our immune system. So looking at seasonal stuff that often can help things like cinnamon, nutmeg, peppermint, all your kind of spices um, that you can throw into drinks, you can throw into foods 
that can really be good and looking at it from a Chinese theory. Of course, they have different body types and food groups, which obviously link up to your unique circumstances. But to generalise, if you are in a cold state, a cold environment, you've experienced cold, um, such as an actual cold, a bug, then adding something like a ginger soup into your, your wintry day and the way that you're feeling, it can turn things around and it can be exactly what the body needs. So looking at more warming, um, anti-inflammatory and spicy foods can be a good way to deal with the onslaught of any ailments this winter. Thank you so much for listening in. If you would like to listen to the podcast version of this, that can be found after the show is aired, usually 24 hours after at serenitysister.co.uk. If you would like to sponsor the show, then please get in touch either through the website serenitysister.co.uk or through our Instagram page. You can also follow me, it's saffron underscore Jennifer on Instagram or contact us through the sunnyg.org contact form. Love to hear your feedback and how this has maybe given you some inspiration or if you'd like me to also be part of your workshop ideas for your community group then please get in touch and take a look at ouijiwellbeing.co.uk. If you're looking to really help someone's day be brightened with a wee bit of cheek, a wee bit of banter and some products to give them some ideas on how to look after themselves better because do you know what? You actually matter. Take care until next time.